Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I loves me canty. <laughs> Deja vu. Oh, we're here. All right, Dan Shanahan. <laughs> oh, quality. What a day. What an absolute day. I... Tony Brown Ale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking stupid. Oh, stop. Lads, welcome to week four uh, and our final segment, our final part of the Candemic series. We've had 24 cans drank and we have eight cans to go. Our last, our last segment, EJ, how do you feel about that? Good, yeah, I can't believe that we've gotten as many uh, cans and as many counties represented as we have. Like I said last week, uh, you know... Just like Michael Collins, the first 26 were no bother, but the last six were a real fucking stretch. Um, and we did look, we didn't quite get there, but more on that later on. But fuck it, like I, I'm proud of what we've done and what we've achieved here in um in getting like fuck it, the vast the vast, vast majority of counties actually represented. And like we've had some good creative solutions to to represent the counties that aren't. Yeah, um, an absolute journey of discovery and stuff, hasn't it been? Like, it's just, uh, we, I, we've said it on every single podcast so far, but I've been um, so amazed at, like, this journey of what we've had to do and, uh, like, going searching for um, breweries in different counties. And then, like, actually, the information is quite tough to find out because you end up, uh, pulling from we we pulled initially kind of from this Wikipedia article of list of breweries in Ireland, but like a lot of those were like defunct and like gone out of business or had like merged with other counties and so or other breweries and stuff like that as well. So it wasn't as um, easy as just like uh, tipping through that list. And then there was the actual uh, the, the actual piece of trying to go and source them. So we went as local as we could initially. And then I had to go locally up here in Kildare and get a few. And then, then we hit the online. And uh, this week, we had to go a bit further, didn't we? Yeah, but like the typical dopes that we are, 
uh, we procrastinated everything to the last minute. Like, yeah, but that I think that was the I think that was the magic of it. That like was, each, yeah. like I think each each week pretty much we had a cans to source. Like we we did we had we had a month to source twenty two cans, which is the correct way we should have gone about it. But we pretty much went like right. We've sorted these a cans for this week. Stop looking. <laughs> yeah, but I love the way like um, week one we had like the thirty two counties down, and we were like this camp, this county, blah blah blah. And we literally like were like right, we need to get on this now. And like we three were like, have we bothered? getting on to any of these breweries or any have we sorted this out and you're like no we'll sort it tomorrow we li- listen we're at the end now but we we i think we're going remarkably well and uh and uh fuck it like we we really have pretty much got there like gee like it, it really has been eye-opening and the quality of can and the quality of bottle around the country is something to behold and and you shared on our twitter page today like uh uh, an article from joe.ie on, on five craft beers um, sent to buy a Christmas time or something, something along them lines um, and it was a really good article I read it um, and five of the cans uh, are, are five um, drinks that we didn't feature in this pandemic series so we've got like 32 different drinks uh, that, that were featuring joe.ie are fucking a notion like five well, cans five <laughs> cans 32 cans that's what we do. That's what we're at. They have the resources, but we have the brains. Yeah. And, and <laughs> what I was going to say was like, if you see there straight away, 37 top quality drinks, uh, like there's pretty much zero complaints from us on what we've had so far. Uh, the, the quality of um, Irish brewing at the moment is better than it's ever been. Um, the diversity range, the styles of beers that are on offer um, is, is absolutely top notch. And um, again tonight like you know 32 cans 32 counties I've got four counties and I drink it four different styles and um, and again that's not out of oh, my actually yeah yeah it's nearly it's nearly by design and it's nearly been that way every week oh, no, are, we, are we matching each other again this week <laughs> possibly yeah but at the same time that being said like it's it's just it it's um purely emblematic of the quality and standard and diversity of Irish women at the moment and I think that that can just be commended and i think the one thing that we've shown and that we tried to show and i think have successfully done so throughout this mini series is that irish brewing is in a phenomenal place and it's just up to the consumer now to, to back them here 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 so uh it is a saturday the 28th of november when we're recording this so hopefully we'll have this published uh all, all going well on Monday, the 30th of November, because I would like to get it all out within November, uh, this pandemic series. Uh, shit has happened to us before in the past, uh, so <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but I, I'd like that to happen. Can I make a link here, on right, to, to this about, you know... Drinking cans. Hopefully. No, I was going to say hopefully, you know, plan on getting this out on Monday. And I suppose it all depends on the the post the post podcast cans and and how mm. str- uh, uh, struggling you are tomorrow, and uh, like throughout this series we've continued the cans on after recording, um in in I suppose what mirrors um what is now an Irish tradition that has found its way into folklore, mm. because it hasn't been seen in in many's a moon, and that is the uh, the Irish pub locking. Do you know, actually, I have, I have a confession for you. Well, I've never experienced 
an Irish lock-in. I've I've experienced um, a Portuguese and a, <laughs> and a Grecian uh, lock-in. Um, now, actually, that Portuguese one was in an Irish bar, but <laughs> I've never experienced the classic country pub lights off till closed, like say nothing uh lock in and it's something like it's it's one of those things as well it's totally um well from what i've heard i can't say from experience but from what i've heard it's something that you know is um on the spur of a moment that you need to be there you need to be lucky for it to happen and uh, you can't just kind of invite yourself to one because you don't know when it's going to happen you know it's up to the it's up to the publican to be in the mood for it to happen you know um but Please let me ask one. <laughs> the fact that you've only ever been to a Portuguese or a Grecian, as you say, locking is egregious. Yeah. Um, we need to sort that out. <laughs> we need to sort that out ASAP. But I like the lockins that I've been to and um, have been purely circumstantial. A few after like sporting occasions, matches, and stuff like that, where, you, where like you know, if you're playing with a team and, and you win a, a tournament or something, you know, you win a trophy or a county championship or something. And you go back and you end up getting a lock-in. Like that's that's just kind of like the ultimate Irish tradition in terms of lock-ins. Mm. But uh, I've, I've been at a lock-in because of a flood. Um, I was at a lock-in once because there was a flood. Uh, there was just like a heavy rain that caused an overflow. And basically, if you open the door, it let water from the street in. So the barman was like, let's just fucking stay here. But no, and that way. And uh, I've been at a few random. Yeah, you're dead right. It means it's very random, very spontaneous. And um, you couldn't plan a lock-in. You couldn't say, "I want to go tonight and get to a lock-in." It doesn't yeah. work that way. It's yeah. you know, it's it's like it's like those uh, a lock-in is like those Pokemon in um back in the game by days. You know, just some of them didn't exist, and you just got lucky if you came across some other ones. You know, an ultra rare, ultra rare. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so, speaking, so, of, speaking of ultra rare. Yeah. Uh, Waterford beat Kilkenny in Ireland today. <laughs> oh my God. What a game. What a game. Uh, for our uh, foreign listeners um, with the All-Ireland uh, Senior Hurling Championship um, uh, semi-final was taking place today between Watford and Kilkenny, two neighbouring counties, and uh, it's the first time or Watford hadn't beaten uh, Kilkenny in Crow Park in 61 years in the championship game uh, prior to this. And oh my God, they were like they got <laughs> hiding in the first half. They couldn't hit the they couldn't hit it over the bar. It was unbelievable. Like I I actually text the lads. Um, so there's a famous um. Rock and Waterford. I think we might have spoken about it before on the podcast, but um, it's this kind of uh, flat rock face in Waterford. It is in Waterford, actually, yeah. Um, that um, uh, is painted either blue or white, the Waterford colours, or black and amber, the Kilkenny colours, uh, depending on who has paint on them and uh, who's actually arsed to go get it. So it's kind of like this rock face that's overlooking Waterford. And uh, I text the lads at, um, I'd say about, maybe about 20, 20 minutes in the game. I, was, I said, oh, you might as well paint black and amber now. Like, because <laughs> there was no way they were getting back into it. But oh my God, what a, what a game. Like that was unbelievable. What a comeback. Yeah, I, I like to be honest with you, like I'm here sitting 
what am I like fucking 200 yards inside the Kilkenny border like you know um, uh, sitting there saying that was like that second half performance Waterford was absolutely unbelievable and for for people to understand like you know especially like we have listeners in America and Australia who who like you know obviously we see the statistics we don't know they could, they could be and the thing the, the thing about this is um think about rivalries you know and 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 the fact is like like I live right on the border and Waterford City like that there's Waterford City there's a river that flows alongside it uh, alongside Waterford City um think back to the 12 snugs of Christmas for the loyal snugcast listeners we ended up in did we end up in Jordan's bar that night I can't remember if we did or didn't possibly Anyone, Possibly, yeah. anyone who heard it could have been, could have been bar 11 that could have been yeah. bar 11 um, but there's some great bars on the keys of Waterford City and across the keys um, is Ferrybank which is this um, like suburb is a bit of a glorified word for it like it's not a suburb but it's it's within Waterford City and literally the border of Waterford County and Kilkenny County runs through the middle of Ferrybank so like their neighbouring counties, Waterford had only ever beaten Kilkenny in the championship twice before today. And I suppose to put this in context for like American listeners who, who might be into NFL, like the, the All-Ireland Hurling Championship started in, in the 1880s. So they've only beaten them twice in history before as neighbouring counties. So like it's, this is a big deal. And uh, Waterford beat them, got into the All-Ireland final. And here's my link, right? Here's the thing that'll make this magic for the listeners. Waterford and the All-Ireland final now after beating Kilkenny for the third time in their history, first time in 61 years, as you said, in Croke Park. They are now have a chance to win the All-Ireland Hurling Championship for the first time since 1959. And who was a member of the Waterford team that won the All-Ireland Hurling Championship in 1959? Billy Grimes. Billy Grimes. Phil Grimes, the man, the myth, the legend, the name above Tom Ryan's pub in Waterford was on the last Waterford team to win the All-Ireland Hurling Championship. So there's your link. There's your segue. We're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. And another amazing event that happened over, um, well, last night for us, but also the last few days, is um, the Late Late Toy Show, uh, which is an annual event where um, our late night uh, weekly hosted um, chat show, I suppose, um, it uh, brings you a review of toys uh, for the upcoming Christmas. But just this year, it, they absolutely knocked it out of the park where they didn't really do the kind of toy review. They had a few kind of uh, reviews of toys, but it was more so about the whole embodiment of like the hope of kids and like the messages that they can bring and kids of different backgrounds and different abilities and stuff being able to just inspire the whole nation uh, to um, donate uh, in this toy show appeal that they created. Uh, I think it's gone past the 6 million mark now. Like that is insane for a country of like, well, including the North, like 7 million, like that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, I think uh, like it's the equivalent of if the states if if the states did a show of Letterman or like what's a popular talk Jimmy show? Fallon or something. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon did a uh, talk show some night with um, a heap of kids trying out a load of toys. Yeah, it's, it's the equivalent of them raising half a billion for children charities on the same night. Yeah, you know, like that's that's oh, it's 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 out it's insane. I'm not going to lie, I don't watch it purely from the point of view that I boycott anything that the host has to do because I don't like him. Um, but I've wa- I watched the clips of the kids on Twitter and stuff like that. And like 
just some special special kids out there like it was brilliant um and it's like this cult the toy show has this cult status thing in ireland where like you know an awful lot of people will will the toy show is usually the last friday in november and an awful lot of people will coincide that with putting up the christmas decorations and getting the kids in that christmas spirit and getting excited and the kids get to stay up late to watch the toy show because it runs from like nine o'clock until like quarter past 11 i think yeah yeah half that kind of time frame so like the kids get to stay up late and it's this big it's like this big massive occasion that officially marks in ireland uh culturally and societally to, to build up the christmas like christmas is here um you know enough of that brown thomas shit of christmas decorations in fucking august or september whenever they do it like that's the marking that christmas is coming you know so uh it's like this massive culturally significant Irish night. And then there's like, I saw people did a toy show drinking game as well, just to link it back to Snowcast related fact. Oh. So maybe next year we might, depending on what the situation is, we might look into a toy show Snowcast live drinking game or something along them lines. Uh, maybe it's that, yeah. Yeah, like for me, it's not a big deal because I don't watch it every um, ever since your man Tuberty took over it. I don't tend to watch it that much anyway. So like, oh, I have no problem doing some shit like that with some overseas listeners. Like, it'd be be pretty cool. Like, you know, it'd be half four in the states on a Friday. Like, yeah, getting, yeah, getting lads in their office like having cans or something. But sure, look, we'll see what the crack is anyway. And, uh, yeah, it'd be like nine a.m. in Australia. <laughs> There'd be some crack. Unbelievable. So our um. Our toy show is the Candemic, where we're reviewing cans instead of reviewing toys. And well, let's just kick it off. Um, I suppose I'll tip off with the first one, will I? Um, so um, my first uh, can, so actually tonight, um, just to give the old um, preamble is uh even though it's called a pandemic i'm tucking into two bottles and two cans so my first bottle um on the pandemic is from county armagh and it's carson's crisp cider um so armagh the orchard county had to go for it we we were discussing this beforehand we were like you know we were like looking up breweries and stuff that and uh very hard to find a brewery in Armagh um, that was doing that was um, brewing beer, but uh, we definitely were able to find um, uh, the Armagh Cider Company. So we said, "Ah, sure, look, we have to." So I had I had this um, Carson's Crisp Cider um, during the Waterford game, and oh god, it was it was really nice. Like um, it didn't like it didn't taste like synthetic or anything like that. It tasted like alcoholic apple juice do you know what i mean like it's 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 that like fucking natural um appley taste that it's just it was just really nice really fresh um and yeah just really enjoyed it like um i don't know do you have you what what would be your feelings on cider now you like you enjoyed that legacy irish cider didn't you in from waterford yeah the, the medium dry i thought was, was lovely um, yeah I like my thoughts and so I love a cider in the summer. Um, You'd be I, more. Would you be more of a dry man or a or a fruity man? I I can see. Like it, it completely depends on the context. I think. Like I think if it's, you know, like right, context is all about it. If it's like a Saturday afternoon and you're having one or you're having two, go for the fruity stuff because it's sick. 
Yeah, not six weeks. Do you know what? That's so good. We get them in the Ryan's, the, um, uh, what's the Swedish brand of Alaska, is it? Um, oh yeah i don't yeah and they're they're very nice strength to drink like they're very fruity and juicy they're a bit too sweet for me like um but but one or two of them when you're thirsty and you know especially now like uh, i know what you're on about though that like that cronenberg cronenbergs and stuff like that can be a bit sickly like aren't they like you know so like do you know do you know say for example if if for us the thing would be if we went to dunmore east for example and you know the sun was splitting the rocks like yeah we went for go for a swim come out yeah um go up to have um a, 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 you know go up to have a wrap or something and what do i have with the wrap in in a, a bar in dumber east or something and give me one of those fruity ciders they're lovely whereas i think like you know if you're if it's if you're in it for the long haul if you're in if you're at a barbecue early in the day and you know you're gonna be drinking all night and it's absolutely scorching out i think a dry cider is perfect yeah 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 so that's that's my take on cider i I'm like like this is the thing we're looking at this and i i think like you drew the short straw and drinking the cider in terms of like the time of the year and the context because i know it was are, odd are... it was very odd now well uh, actually the thing about it was is that it was odd and um, drinking the cider in november but having the all final, it kind of tied it back i nearly thought it was nearly thought it was kind of august time there like that i was like sipping away on the on a on a, on a nice cider like uh, watching the hurling like you know um that's that that's a lovely little story yeah any, uh, any crack with our man no? so i do i do um so uh in fairness, um, I ran a load of, uh, a lo- <laughs> I was doing a bit of research there today and I ran all my stories past Kira, and um, she did, I'd say, about two seconds uh, worth of research and came out with um, four better stories. So, <laughs> 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 so that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Kira's amazing stories. Like, uh, So um, what I am going to talk about is um, a company which... Um, which makes uh, their product in Armagh. Do you have any guesses what it is? It's a, yeah, it's um, I, it is a food company. Oh, a food company. Yeah. So I was going to guess I, like O'Neill's GA or something. Yeah, no, no, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. A food company that makes their product in Armagh. Yeah. Uh, no idea. It is the Northern Tatos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, Tato Tato Snacks, which I think is the the um, which is the name of the the company that runs. So basically, it was this fella called um, Thomas Hutchinson was wondering what to do with a five hundred year old Tand Castle in County Mar- uh, Armagh that he acquired in nineteen fifty five. Right, so. Um, he found the popularity of Tato in Dublin so, um, was was fucking huge. So he ended up um, approaching what's the name of the guy in Dublin now uh, is uh, Joseph Spud Murphy was the Dubliner uh, who founded the Irish Tato. Um, and he approached him and basically went uh, went and got the name and the recipe uh, rights are kind of licensed, I suppose, to distribute, distribute it up north. Um, and 
the crisps were initially first sold out of a single delivery van uh, before deal avoiding, uh, involving the Find Later family stores and distribution network unleashed them um, throughout Northern Ireland. But um, yeah, I thought I thought it was just um, uh, it really cool. But one of the lines that I got from this article <laughs> is, um, "Do you know what um, Northerners call uh, Southern Tatoes?" I do. Actually, I think this was discussed on a snugcast that you were absent for. Oh, free stato. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> I absolutely started oh. wetting. I absolutely wetting myself about him. But uh, another fact about him as well is that um, uh, Liam Gallagher reckons that uh, Southern Tatoes are the best Tatoes. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I just I just thought that was uh, just a little uh, tidbit because I was, I, was, I was like, what the, like because everyone always asks, so what the hell is the difference between like these two tables and why are they different and stuff like that? But yeah, it was just a, a fella who um, uh, he was a, it sounds like he was an absolute wheeler dealer like going around like um, he was getting like uh, like um, these licenses for like Ribena and all this kind of crack just to try and like import them in like you know when i looking at things were that were popular elsewhere um but yeah there were um uh i, I the, this article was on about like boris johnson and stuff and how i was saying like oh it'd be ridiculous now if uh these like the northern tatoes will have to fill out some sort of uh customs declaration and stuff like that like what a fool <laughs> So, so have you ever had some some uh, Northern? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, I, yeah, I actually reckon they're they're pretty good. Like you know, I think it's um it's one of those things as well of like, uh, like literally like when we were growing up, like for your lunch, like there'd just be like a packet of potato thrown in as your carb or whatever. Well, actually, alongside the white bread sandwich, like, but um, <laughs> just thrown in, like you know, uh. So like it, it was an absolute staple, and I think we've become so accustomed to having potatoes and like that flavoring that it probably loses its uh, like how good uh, like cheese and onion potato actually is, because they're always like looking for like the other thing, like you know, um. So like when you when you taste like the northern potatoes, you're trying to like. Uh, taste a difference i think they're probably a bit more oniony or something like that the, the northern ones um but yeah i think i think they're pretty good as well like you know still reckon that the, the classic uh free stato is the best but uh there's only one way to solve this we do a blind taste challenge of the two different tatoes in tato sandwiches and that'll be the definitive answer I'm, I'm putting up I'm putting up a poll on Twitter here now and uh, we'll see we'll see we'll see what the what the answer is before the for the end of this all right um and while I'm doing that TJ uh, let tell me about uh your second can or actually your first can and your first county the 22nd no not the 22nd the 26th can of the pandemic is graciosa by hopefully uh, oh god there it is from County Offaly. Um, that's the can for those of you watching this on the YouTube. Um, 
a delicious, delicious tropical paleo. It's 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 um, a tropical paleo, five point three percent. It it featured on one of the early episodes of the Snowcast because it was on draft in Phil Grimes pub, um, and how it got on draft in Phil Grimes, excuse me, in Phil Grimes pub is an interesting story because, um, the guys at Hopfully were a contract brewing out of Metalman, so I think Metalman got Hopfully into a few waterfall bars, so that's how they came on our radar and and. Graciosa was uh, the first one that I tried from the guys in Hopfully. And uh, it's a really, really nice pale ale. Um, the tropical pale ale is definitely the description for it because it's that mangoey, passion fruity kind of, you know, those tropical kind of fruits uh, that come to the fore. It's, it's not citrusy per se to me anyway. It's it's more that kind of mango style. Um, really, really nice, uh, juicy, but it's 5.3% and you do feel it. Like I find it's a nice punchy pale ale. Um, really, really good to drink. And what I love is on uh, Beer Cloud. Shout out Beer Cloud because they like we were able to get some of our stuff off them, and they've been brilliant throughout the whole summer since being set up by the guys in Dead Center. Is um, you get these uh, three thirty mil cans, and we were just talking before we came online on about um, the quality of having three thirty mil cans available. Like you know, five hundred mil bottles, the larger cans, those larger bottles, like the white gypsy one you had there a couple of weeks ago in a previous episode, are brilliant. But sometimes you just want to horse a few cans into you and the 330 mils are brilliant just for that size. Um, again, basically, we're trying to drink four beers while we record this and keep it to a respectable time. Uh, even though the podcast have gradually gotten longer as we've gone over the pandemic series. But that being said, you know, we have to have one or two on board beforehand before we record. So we try and make it one or two that we're drinking on the night. So I had the, the, just after the Watford Kilkenny game there, um, I had the Graciosa and like it actually... I was like, I'm so used from the pandemic series of drinking 500 ml bottles and the, the, the 500 ml cans or the larger cans that I couldn't believe it was gone when it was gone. Uh, and I was like looking for more. So I'm um, really, really good. And yeah, you've had, you've had Graciosa a few times in the past, haven't you? Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's, um, it's that real, like, as you say, it's that kind of uh, tropical flavor. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of, pineapple-y and like it's oh, it's lovely like um um yeah re- real uh like as um <laughs> as Finn Dwyer was saying <laughs> you can't beat a tropical can you know what I mean oh listen you know what I'm saying you know like, you Finn, know what Finn has gone mad for the fruity juicy pale ales like he would love this now he would absolutely love it <laughs> he's a bollocks because he was texting we're in a whatsapp group together and Finn was giving me abuse there before he came on here so so he's a bollocks but he would love the grassy also so um yeah Finn the grassy also is well worth having um speaking of then like so hopefully our our uh the only brewery as far as I'm aware that are registered in county awfully um and awfully like to be honest with you it's one of those counties that just not much going on um, so, but it was uh, the one thing I know about County Offaly just off the top of my head is that it was um, it was previously known as Kings County um, I don't know why but it's just something I remember from junior sort history um, but Offaly came to the fore really strongly in the last decade um, because of its links with uh, with someone globally known and highly prominent do you know what I'm talking about Owen? No. Oh. So Money Gall in County Offaly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the birthplace of one 
a guy with a fucking brilliant name. Hold on a second, I need to get this right because I have my glasses on. Uh, there was um, a guy born in County Offaly by the name of Falmouth Keeney. I can't read my own writing to be quite honest. Falmouth. Falmouth. Falmouth Keeney, who immigrated to New York and settled in Indiana back in the day. And he had children, and they had children, and one of his children's children was none other than Barack Obama. Wow. So uh, Barack Obama visited Ireland during his pre- presidency, and he made a stop off in Moneygall in County Offaly, and it was massive deal over here at the time. And uh, even went to the local pub and had a few pints. So like uh, here, like he he dropped a heap of bombs on the Middle East. So like he's a bit of a bollocks, but uh, he, he was some man for the pints. Was, yeah, no. Uh, in fairness, um, he uh, he had a great trip that time. Like it was like like the, the like the I'd say the amount of like industry um, that he brought to money gall and awfully and like was it was fantastic and like there's the there's the service station now named after and named after him in uh, money gall as well barack obama money gall plaza plaza yeah um do you know my favorite thing actually fucking gray plaza as well great great like Probably top five, I'd say top five motorway uh, stop offs in Ireland. That's another. That's another episode in itself. Like yeah, us we'll talk, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about our many visits to Paulstown over in, in another episode. But the one thing I want to say about actually that trip to Ireland for Barack Obama what is, so Barack Obama had the most Irish experience of anyone ever. He had an important occasion to get there, and his car got stuck on a speed ramp. Oh, that was it's so. That most, was the that was the um, American embassy, wasn't it? Oh, the most Irish thing that could happen, like something stupid like that. You know, these reinforced cars and all the planning, and then he gets fucking caught on the top of a speed bump. That's so good. What a shower of dopes. Um, but there's uh, there's one other. So so actually, a lot of my um, a lot, a lot of my counties tonight, I didn't know too much about going into, and I did a bit of research into the people from the counties. Was a bit of a team of my research previous to this um, to this, but. Another person from County Offaly who was from Eden Derry was a guy called Cornelius Heaney and he immigrated to the States penniless. He was one of these um, economic refugees to the United States back in the day, like a couple of hundred years ago, back in the, the, the 18th century. Mm. He, he, he was like this like genius businessman back in the day and he got wicked rich. And instead of like creating this empire for himself, he basically owned a heap of land in Manhattan. He managed to acquire an awful lot of land in Manhattan as, around where modern day Fifth Avenue would be. And it was he who donated the land um, where St. Patrick's Cathedral now resides in, in Manhattan. So uh, that was the chap from Offaly did all that. Wow. That's, that, that's, that's all I've got for Offaly. Ah, uh, that, that's, that's enough, isn't it? Like, that's... <laughs> that's yeah. Hey, that's... Um, that's a that's a like like I, I love these I've loved these little stories throughout like I know I haven't we haven't reflected on enough but I think the format of this how it's gone through and I think we've gotten such good feedback as well from the listeners as well like it's been mm. like this has probably been um the content that we've produced that has gotten like the most feedback the most positive feedback um and yeah people just seem to 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 love this and yeah like 
I'd love to go on and kind of like um, talk more to the brewers and like get because what we're doing now is we're looking at, and we're getting like um, little tidbits of um, experiences, but or little little stories and and uh, bits. But like um, on one of yours uh, previous ones, you text lads from Leash and you got like the kind of little Leash stories, like you know, and it's those bits that you're not going to find on a web page. Uh, that are like absolutely phenomenal like so yeah I'd, I'd love to continue on this and um and uh get get those kind of like um local stories the 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 bits you know the bits that are nearly um <laughs> the bits that are nearly false like the oh we heard there was a fellow once who lost his eye in a fight or something you yeah. know up in oh like take what i said about leash with a pinch of salt to be honest <laughs> exactly exactly but, but that's that's the, that's the magic that's that's the pub chat that is the that's... that is what the pub chat is like it's oh did you hear and it's that it's that thing where everyone will just like that's how chinese whispers happen it ha- they happen from a pub that's where they initially start off like yeah. you know you know yeah it was an irish pub in shanghai and there was these two. <laughs> that's exactly how it happened but yeah that's it like i mean awfully you know actually watching hurling today uh when we were kids there was this like golden generation of awfully hurlers and they had like a a club in Borough who won two club All-Irelands and won one All-Ireland themselves from like a tiny, tiny county was a remarkable achievement. So there's that link to the hurling as well. But uh, yeah, them two chaps there, uh, Barack Obama's granddad and the fella who donated land to St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York are my awfully tidbits. Ah, good stuff. So uh, that's 20, 26 counties down on. Now we're into the danger territory. The last six, this is where Michael Collins fell down, but the Snowcastle stand up. What's the 27th? County of the pandemic. Um, it is County Mayo. County Mayo. Yeah. Um, and I am going to chat about Real Deal Breweries Mayo Red. So it's a red ale that um, Real Deal Brewery came out with. And uh, yeah, it was lovely. Like really, um, uh, really kind of smooth, um, a so- an absolute solid kind of red ale. Um, I had that kind of. Um, like uh, it had a hint of maltiness about them. Um, they had they say on the they say on the bottle now it, there was a small addition of Dillisk seaweed, which I'm in favour of. Didn't taste it, but um, I like I like what they were I like what they were doing here. But I also I also love this on the side of their bottle. They have a pint of this with some bread and butter and some good local mayo cheese is a great match. So and they give Velvet Cloud or Dozio's. Uh, mayo cheese as their examples but yeah um really cool like and and again the the bottle of this um i, I don't know if you can see it uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna really catch it but uh, basically the mayo red um uh, has like a tree on the front and it's done in that kind of um uh, that thing you know where they do with, with 3d glasses where they have like this like blue and exactly that you have it right in front of you but they have this like blue and red kind of offset thing so that if you put on uh, 3d glasses it's meant to kind of like jump out at you which which i think is pretty cool i don't have 3d glasses so i can't test it out but it also um, says um need beer goggles and yeah question mark that's pretty cool yeah um, so yeah um but yeah like again just just solid beers like they're just so good like just um, all these, all like all these breweries, like just fucking. And um, just, just like the, um, just like the, just like Smithix is only three point eight percent. So as a red ale, as the most 
commonly known red ale, it's really sessionable. Uh, the the, the uh, Mayo Red is, what's this, like 3.5%, I think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, I, I actually have drank a different beer from Real Deal recently, uh, relatively recently on my honeymoon when I went to Achill Island. Um, I had their Jack the Lads uh, chocolate uh, pale ale as well, kind of citra hopped pale ale, which was uh, bursting the flavour. Um, it was really, really nice. I had an Achill Island there. Uh, a couple of months ago so like a good brewery like jesus one that we would never come across no uh, no only for only for the pandemic and uh, yeah pandemic and um and uh craft beer community i think this is this is part of their previous box isn't it so yeah um yeah exactly it's that kind of uh that discoverability that we've been kind of harping on about before that like uh beers that you wouldn't be um and I, I, I exactly it's that kind of thing as well dj that we haven't gotten much of this year but um you know something like that you're saying there of like going to ackle and you're like oh what's brewing around here i might uh i might tip into something local and uh see what they have like and you know it's it's that like because you know we're we're like probably our listeners are probably like uh sick of us talking about the same breweries because we're, we're just drinking in local pubs and we're not we're not uh we're not saying that we're we're ashamed of doing that but uh that's that they supply locally and uh that's what we that's what we get like but um it's 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 so cool to kind of like um get to these breweries and and try these like other beers it's, it's yeah but i think i think you've touched on something there that was on like if anyone listens to irish beer snob podcast and they when they talk to like barry flanagan from uh, Kildare Brewing Company, who who you featured last week from County Kildare, and Barry was saying that like you know instead of trying to distribute countrywide and internationally, like if he just keeps it local, that that'll pay them back in the long run, and he's found that to be the case. So like that's yeah. When we're doing a snowcast and we go to pubs in Waterford, we don't get to experience Real Deal or Kinnegaran Draft or you know Galway Bay. Maybe we do a bit because they've they distribute a bit further afield, or like you know we don't get Western Hard on Draft over here or Treaty Brewing. You know, so like there is that kind of like real locality thing about it that you know maybe mm. if we got a few more patriot pa- patrons on www.patreon.com forward slash we'd be able to go abroad and, and drink these these beers in these pubs which is a uh, great county mayo then right mm. apart from real deal what are the real highlights um so i was initially i was going to talk about the pirate queen grace o'malley uh, so I was going to kind of um, t- talk about her, but then I said, I was sitting down and I was watching the match um, and I said, do you know what? I'll actually talk about, just quickly talk about the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship, the Mayo Curse. A good one. So, yeah, so, um, so the last time that Mayo uh, have won um, the All Ireland Senior uh, Football Championship was in 1951. So, uh, like they have come so close. They've been, I, I actually don't I don't have the stats, but uh, they've been in a ridiculous number of like finals. They've been like Connacht champions like so many times, um, but they've never ever clinched clinched um, the All Ireland since then. So um, there's this uh, fabled curse about um, the Mayo team called the Curse of 51. 
Um, and basically, legend has it that a priest uh, became incensed when the Mayo team bus uh, were returning home from that 1951 final. And they passed by a funeral and they didn't show the due respect because they were all on the lash on the bus and they were celebrating the All-Ireland win. So supposedly the priests um, put a curse on Mayo that day that they would not win another All-Ireland title until all of the team had died. And um, so, so that team... Um, they had uh, two members uh, remaining alive um, until 2019 when uh, Pora Carney, or uh, <laughs> what was Pora Carney's? Uh, Pora Carney, um, also known as the Flying Doctor, <laughs> uh, passed away in 2019. So um, they are, they are, they have one uh, member of the squad remaining and it's it's tipped that um, that they won't uh, win the All Ireland until that final rem- uh, member of the team has passed away. Like it's 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 gas like this like myth thing, but like it's more gas that like it is actually uh, it's actually like kept going like that. This is it, it, like it's actually panning out to be true. Like you know, and that I, you'd wonder like how much of that myth and stuff like eats into the Mayo psyche and stuff like that of the players like do you think would you would you would you be would you be like would that eat into you I'd say I'd be all over it like I'd be like so like wide ball (laughs) if I was sitting in Oklahoma right now and I was listening to this as a snowcast follower I'd be like watch that's nonsense like go in shout for yourself but I've watched Mayo play in all Ireland finals when they're clearly the better team. Oh my and god! Like, and like you know, what was it against Dublin a couple of years ago? They two, were, was it twenty seventeen? Uh, two penalties or something, wasn't it? No, it was twenty. We were in. Was it 20, 2014, 2013 or twenty fourteen? They had two on goals. Two on goals. Oh my now, god! Yeah. There might not be two on like the way Gaelic football is played. You wouldn't see two on goals in an entire season. Yeah. Every team in the country. Yet there were two on goals in the one final against yeah. the wall a couple of years back. There was also the, the, the final against Dublin where they were a point up and uh, Dublin hit the ball wide and they had a goal kick and they were a point up and they managed to kick it out for a sideline ball. They kicked the ball out over the sideline. Dublin kicked it in, got a score and then won a free from the next kick out and won by a point. Yeah. That all happened in stoppage time. Like they just have this... like. I think I, I I would say like usually these kind of things like these this like the curse or whatever after a couple of generations like you know there's only two people alive and like it doesn't affect any of the players like they don't think about it on a daily basis you would no. think but then there's this mental fragility about it that you have to say like they are mentally weak like it is a mental weakness like they there have been times where they have been the best team in the country and just not got over the line and they put themselves in position after position after position to win it and not got over the line so like there's obviously some fucking mental mental breach there um so you know what I don't know though the two old goals that that's a curse there's no way like but as that, you said there there's no absolutely no chance that that would ever happen like i you'd never see that you never see two own goals in gaelic like i like i've i'd be honest with you like i've played in hundreds of gaelic football matches over the years and i don't ever recall 
I don't. I can't remember a one single own goal being scored in a game. Just the way Gaelic football is played, like own goals just aren't a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a fucking mad one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so, uh, it's 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 so good, like it's so Irish as well, like that they didn't like they didn't pay their respects at a funeral on the way home, like it's uh, it's amazing, yeah. like yeah. But it's and again, it blends back into this folklore thing that we were talking about last week with fairy yeah. quotes and stuff like that. There's one other thing I want to say about Grania Whale, right? Uh, yeah, touched on there, like the biggest contrast between like actual Irish identity and culture and heritage and like what this like, you know, concept of like so, some like, you know, nationalist that you might see online of Irishness being this like crazy conservative, like Catholic ethos kind of thing was like one of the biggest legends in Irish folklore history whose castle is still standing to this day on Ackle Island is Grania Whale and um, Grace O'Malley, the pirate queen. Mm. So like we have this mythical like well, not mythical because it's not mythical. There, oh, there so has been evidence. Yeah, like we have this actual person who existed, who was a pirate queen off the coast of Ireland, who was this absolute legend, um, and because uh, a couple of hundred years ago, and then like it's this like incredible woman, and like I think like just like Constance Markovich and some other like incredible women in Irish history, like Grania Whale has to go up there and should be celebrated more. I think I think my favorite my favorite story about Grania Vale is that um, when um, uh, Queen Elizabeth the first I think it's Queen Elizabeth the first was um, was uh, um, when Queen Elizabeth first was like uh, she asked uh, Grania Vale over to um, to England in order to because I think. <laughs> Grania Vale was or Grace O'Malley was absolutely wreaking havoc on the seas so she was like call her over to kind of uh, deal a truce and do a bit of a deal with her but um, she Grace O'Malley didn't bow to the queen because she said I'm a pirate queen so I'm not I'm on the same footing as you I'm a queen so I think that's amazing like and the, the, the very famous Irish language song Ordo Shade of Ahawalia well everybody knows the chorus yeah, it's actually about Grania Whale bringing soldiers to uh, fight with her, um, and and Sp- bringing Spanish soldiers to fight with her. Uh, so Grania Whale is mentioned in that song three times, I think. So, oh, unreal! Right. Uh, so before the halftime break, um, DJ, what uh, is your second can? And the I, I've lost count of how many counties there are. Oh, this, this 20, is can. This is can. Twenty-eight. 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 Yeah. Um, there's a touch of tragedy about this one. When the feeling's gone, you can't go on. It's tragedy. Yeah. Uh, so, County Fermanagh. Oh, stop, man. There's this one. Is... There's one brewery in County Fermanagh, and the legends at Inish Mac Saint Brewery. We were in contact with them. I was talking to them online. I was trying to buy a case off them, and they were so nice. That they, 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 they've sent me a few bottles in the post, but they haven't arrived yet, so they didn't get here in time. Um, unfortunately, and look, the postmen, delivery men, and women are busy uh, all around the country, so we won't blame them. Uh, but unfortunately, the Inish Max Saint is not with us, uh, so we'll pour one out for a fallen comrade. Uh, uh, they, they, so, they were so good, they got so back so quick to, them, to us, and Look, it's just, I'd say it is Black Friday traffic and stuff like that. That is yeah. 
And and look, look, like the thing the thing that I'll say is the bottles will come and we've got a couple of podcasts lined up over the next few weeks that'll be very good. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to bringing the people. And I'll be on the Inish Max Saint then and I'll be championing them. But look, they're, they're supposed to represent County Fermanagh. And just over the border from County Fermanagh is a town in Donegal called Muff. Stop laughing. <laughs> and, and in this town called Muff, yes, that is genuinely the name of the town. Uh, our friend, friend of the pod, head brewer at Yellowbelly, um, has his own brewery, uh, Otterbank Brewing, uh, from Muff, County Donegal. Here we are for YouTube friends, uh, a mirror image of the bottle. And I decided, right, Donegal borders are from Anna, and I think Declan's from, um, uh, you know, Declan's a proud Ultraman. Um, so I said, fuck it, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just uh, have Otterbank because we haven't featured an Otterbank beer that I'm aware of on the Snowcast yet. Oh, Not brewery, like he, uh, there was there was a snapback saison last year that was really really good. So it's um it's a drink that got rave reviews on social media when it came out, and I and I picked up a bottle of it uh, recently, and I, I just just for my own consumption, and I hadn't drank it yet, and I was like, do you know what? It solves a problem for me here because I I need something. To make up to the county of Fermanagh for me not um not having the Inish Max internet not arriving in time. I need something that's gonna gonna be mind blowing. And sweet suffering mother of holy God in heaven above is this mind blowing. Um, yeah. So it uh, it's it's described as a mixed fermentation saison and it's eight point two percent. And it's aged in Pinot Noir and Chardonnay barrels, blended bottles to be enjoyed now or in years to come. It says. And let me just say, right, this is this is one of those drinks that you when you're when you when you open the bottle and you smell it, you're like, you know, I, I was like, this is like blackberries, some sort of fermented blackberry kind of thing. Like I was like, this is amazing. I didn't actually read the description or anything, and I was like, I aged in Pinot Noir and Chardonnay barrels. I was like, right, so it's grape I'm smelling. Obviously, my nose is a bit off, but I was like, this is fucking top notch. And I poured it out and it was this, it was this deep color and it, it, the aroma was really, really good. And then I tasted it and it was, it was something that like, you know, sometimes you drink something like we, you know, we drink so many different styles of beer and all that, like, and we're not experts. Like I can't tell you bitterness or sulfur or any of this shit, but sometimes you drink something and it's like this, I can tell it is special. Like I can't, decipher the intricacies that make it special but i can tell that this is a special feat in brewing this is a special feat in creating something for someone for human beings to consume like the the science and technique and and expertise and skill that has gone into creating this is like top top notch and it's one of those drinks that like it's 8.2 percent it comes in this really cool bottle um uh uh it's 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 so so good um and it's just it's it's one of these things that i think if you enjoy wine if you enjoy whiskey or if you enjoy beer and you're looking for something different like find yourself a bottle of this and drink it please because it it just it's it's just a feat of human ingenuity that this has been managed to be created Look, we, we've sang the praises of um, Yellow Belly Beer on this podcast so much. And uh, like Deck from them is literally a genius. Like we've said it so many times, like, and I think you've just alluded to it there as well of the fact that 
you know, you go, you, you know, he's obviously thought of something that he wants to try and create and he has gone and created it as per the thought process that he's had. Like, yes. it's, it's insane. Like, as in, um, like, just going like that, like, oh, you know, there is the aging of wines and, and there's like that barrel usage of those. And can I do something along those lines? Yes, yes, I can. I can, I can literally do that. That is, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Like, it's so cool. Like that, like I would never, like in my, I suppose, beer drinking experience, my, uh, my progression along this path, like would ever, when I was back drinking fucking Stella Artois or whatever, like have ever have been like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can get a, like a, a whiskey aged stout that is going to like taste like that you know um or 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 whatever whatever other like combination of flavors and ingredients as you can but that's it's fair play fair play i said to you off i said to you before we started recording because i I was drinking this when we came on the zoom and i said to you i don't know how but it's a drink that has me searching for my own mortality uh, I don't know what that means, but it made me say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, and I also saw a tear just trickle down your left oh, like, eye into your cheek. I, I like doing this podcast and doing this thing with us, where we're like we're going to try and find different styles and different beers, and just we're not drinking them from a I want to judge the beer point of view. We're drinking them from a do I enjoy like I want to experience new things point of view, and it just was one of these ridiculously unique experiences and like he's managed to get like i don't like wine but he's managed to get one of the best bits of wine which is you know when you drink a nice red wine you have that like almost dry like thirst at the end of when you sub it so you're like i need more i think i think the technical term is a stringency isn't it oh no don't know i don't care it's fucking class that's that's Um, one for uh that's one for the wine buffs out there just uh there you go, Shane McNally. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, look, like then County Fermanagh, I mean, to be honest with you, like Fermanagh is a really difficult county to look up because like, you know, there's, again, it's like one of these counties that we are so far removed from. Um, it's one of the, it's one of the six counties in Northern Ireland, but it's like where it's positioned is really random in terms of those six counties in Northern Ireland because it borders with like, Roscommon and, and Donegal and that. So it's in that little bottom left corner in Northern Ireland. Um, but it's it's like the, the, the translation of it, like basically Fermanagh is an anglicized version of um, the, the, the motto of the region, which is um, uh, Fior uh, Man, uh, Fior My Anig, which means the county of the lakes, because um, there's just a heap of lakes there. Um, and there were some there are some famous people from Fermanagh like I said this is kind of what I went to when it comes to counties that I don't know shit off the top of my head from or I don't have strategically placed people to ask for nonsense um, Samuel Beckett and Oscar Wilde were both born in Fermanagh oh I, I had no idea um, uh, so they're famous people but someone who uh, we may not be overly familiar with who um, was born in County Fermanagh was Patrick Tracy and uh, you might ask, who is this Patrick Tracy fellow at all? Patrick Tracy Tracy uh, became the personal physician of one Michael Jackson. What? Yeah, some lad from Fermanagh was Michael Jackson's doctor. He wasn't your man who killed him, was he? 
I've no idea. Whoa, allegedly, 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 allegedly. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I think know. that went. To, I went. That went to the courts, and I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not. No, actually, didn't he get convicted? I don't know. That's sorry. I'm that's. Not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't uh, research that far because I said if I found out I'd definitely say something stupid on the podcast Like I did Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I was like, no, I'm just going to say that he was Michael Jackson's physician and let people come to their own conclusions on that but uh, some lad from Fermanagh was uh, Michael Jackson's doctor Oh, was probably knocking about Neverland in a white coat and uh, with a stethoscope at some stage (laughs) Oh, stop but yeah, F- Fermanagh uh, was, um, what's that, 27, 26, that's one oh. of the counties anyway, 20, 27, so right on, before we take the break, because yeah. uh, we're around the hour mark, let's say now, are we? Um, I don't know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, who knows, like, honestly, because they, they, where we used to record a podcast before Zoom, there was a timer on the app when we hit record, whereas now it's just a Zoom meeting, so we have mm-hmm. no idea how long we're going on for, so apologies if it's two hours in and we're locked. Um, Owen, what's your fourth, what's your second can and county of the night? I'm, I'm actually have to go through my two already. There you go. It's break time. It's break time. It's break time. It's break time. We're, um... So for the break, yeah. depending on how I am tomorrow, we may or may not have an extra special treat for the break. A full song. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, look, uh, thanks a million guys um, for supporting us. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash snowcast um, and we've really appreciate everyone who's contributed so far and like just like every little helps it's um it's really helped (laughs) us um uh do this little series because um as i think i think we might have said on a previous podcast but um normally when you go into um an off license uh there's deals on like four uh like say uh four cans for 10 or 12 euro or uh five or 16 or whatever like that um and they're normally um like you know pick up four cans of yellow belly beer for 10 euro or pick uh four you know four metal man for 10 or whatever right uh but because of what we're doing with this series uh we end up <laughs> spending an absolute fortune <laughs> because we're just because we're just we're, we're we have to order uh, especially like the northern cans and stuff like that where we're having to order 12 cans at a time in order to try and uh, fulfill an order so this has really um helped with, with with um doing this series and for everything that we have done um it, let's be honest it's helped explaining to my wife like why i've spent so much money on beer and why your living room is just full of cans like <laughs> It's like, you know, that game you played when you were like a kid, like, you know, like the floor is lava, you know, the floor is cans. <laughs> <laughs> you have to walk across, you have to try and get from your sitting room to the kitchen without touching a can. <laughs> it's not possible, man. <laughs> it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks a million, guys. We so, so appreciate everything that, that you're doing for us. So, um, up now is a, a wee little song from uh, one of us <laughs> to to uh, from Christy Morcans. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and and then you'll probably hear um, an ad from Acast uh, uh, trying to sell you some stuff. All right, good luck. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm not an ordinary can. One from each county was the plan. To get us to the end of November Eight cans every week We went out to seek Bear Cloudy Offy and the Plint They said it would be hard We did it and were glad Even if we blagged a county or two We drank a heap of beer From Yellow Belly to Nine White Deer From Western Herd to Wicklow Wolf An IPA a brown ale, the stout barrel aged, the pandemic. And we're back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have 28 cans done and can 29 rolls on to me. And for can 29... I am going up north again. You can see a little bit of a, <laughs> of a pattern going on here whereby the northern cans were a bit harder to, to get. And um, I got um, Lakada um, Brewery, co- Brewery Co-op. So it's a co-op up in Belfast. And I'm drinking their Blue Pool New England IPA. Um, and oh my god, it is so good! Like, so good. Um, uh, um, so actually, DJ, we should probably tell them that the, for the lads are to try and source, um, up north, and um, that we had been going as we said at the start of the episode, we had been going local, um, initially, and then we started, we then we had to kind of, um, venture uh onto um 
we had to venture on online then. So we went on to like Beer Cloud and we went on to uh, Craft Beer Central, I think it's called. Was it Craft Beer yeah. Central? Craft um, no, Craft Central and Craft sorry. Beer Delivered. That, sorry, Craft Beer Delivered and Craft Central. Um, and, and then for some of the counties, so we were really struggling for Fermanagh, as you said, so we, we had Inish Maxane coming on and I, I was struggling for Armagh and Antrim. Um, so we had to go to an off-license up uh, north that was doing online deliveries. So it was KWM Wines. And I tell you what, uh, excellent, excellent online-based off-license really clear on the website and um, really easy to like uh, get stuff and really good selection because they're up north really good selection of northern irish beers republic of ireland beers and uk based beers as well like so um yeah big big shout out to them and they were so good at communicating with us when we were like here listen lads this is what we have to, what we're trying to do here now um, you know, we, we try and get these beers and, you know, we're the podcast and we're doing 32 counties, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like, they were instantaneously back to us. Um, so big shout out to, um, I think it was Emer, I think, and Andrew that I was dealing with, with KWM Wines. And like, uh, yeah, big shout really, out. Were really supportive, like straight away. They weren't like dismissive rant and they were like, oh my God, that's a really good idea. Like, how can we help or what can we do? And um yeah, shout out to the lads. Like they were brilliant in de- to deal with. Well, anyway, back to the can and um, this Blue Pool uh, New England IPA. Uh, I think it was Citrus Galaxy and maybe Idaho Seven. Sorry, I'll just get the can yeah. here now. That's an uh, interesting, an interesting blend. What was it? Galaxy Citrus. Oh no, sorry, Galaxy Citra and Mosaic were the hops that were used. And um. Oh, so good, like so, so citrusy, so f- just like I'm really bad at explaining beers, but uh, just so flavorsome, like so punchy, like in terms of like that, that citrusy thing, you feel so satisfied after drinking it. And uh, like, as you said, Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm winded to fuck here. Um, uh, <laughs> Our beers tonight were totally different um, categories for each of them. So I started off with uh, cider. I went on to a red ale, and now on I'm on this New England IPA. And um, I, I tell you, it was like th- the first two beers were were good in uh, what they do, like what they are. It was, a, it was a good cider. It was a good red ale, but um, they wouldn't. Uh, those those categories of, of of drinks wouldn't be my go-to ones um but this new england ipa was delicious of oh, such such a really 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 good beer and uh yeah really really impressed with the brewery um i've like um uh the front of the can has um what's looked like the the giant's causeway on the front of it and uh, just really co- kind of cool, like um, it's like a, it's nearly well, it is a photograph of the Giants Causeway with just like that's just wrapped around the can with like the uh, Lakada like emblem like uh, emblazoned on it, like. But yeah, just really cool. Like, um, I don't know, have you ever had anything from Lakada um, 
No, uh, no, I, I haven't. But like, it's. It, I think it's a great name for a brewery. I don't know why, but it just like when we were looking up the breweries, I was like, oh, that's a cool name. I hope we get something from them, and we can. Viva la Quinta La Cara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they're of that persuasion. Hopefully, they are. Uh, I mean, I had a, I had a beer earlier on in the. Um, in, on, on the on the on, on the podcast there from from deck that was like that literally says always oh, anti-fascist on the uh, on the bottle so like maybe they are members of the Quinta Brigada. I never had that from yes no um but some of the listeners might uh think that we're uh we're 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 uh being a bit uh chancy about this thing because again Lakada I think are I think they are another Belfast brewery, but as we said, no, sorry, actually, Lakata is in Port Rush, so these are out and out. Like, um, there's no border trouble there, like. No, there's no border trouble. We we had, we had, um, we had thought that we were going to do two Belfast breweries uh, on one side of the River Lagan and on the other side, but we actually got a Belfast County Town um, drink, and we have now Port Rush, so Fucky. Or look like geography was never either of our strongest suits, for sure. That was the that, that was the the appeal of this challenge, wasn't it? Oh, totally. And what county is it from again? <laughs> Antrim, from, is it? From County Antrim, yeah. yeah. So, so have you any stories about County Antrim? So I have I actually have a really, really good story, and it is from um it is it's actually based on the front of this can and it's the story of the giant's causeway or going back again we're, we're after tipping into the mythology in irish mythology and we said it many times that disney should absolutely hop on the um irish mythology because there is some great stories and i'm just going to tell a story about film cool and um how the Giant's Causeway was uh, mythologically formed. Before so, you go on, can I just point out, like, Fionn McCool, Finn McCool, and Finn Dwyer is a giant and the Giant's Causeway. Exactly, yeah. We've managed to get Finn Dwyer in again. He, he's in again. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so the story goes, right, that... Once upon a time, there was um, this Irish giant called Finn McCool, and he got himself into a bit of trouble with a Scottish giant called, I, I need to get this right, Ben and Donner, right, um, who had a claim on Finn's Ireland, island of Ireland, right? So um, Finn got absolutely, absolutely outraged at this, and he started throwing these um, boulders into the sea of Antrim off the coastline in Northern Ireland and inspired by the way they fell um, he made this bridge of boulders from the Antrim coastline all the way over to Scotland and he said he would challenge his rival Ben and Donner to a duel over the fate of Ireland so Finn goes off and he trapes across these boulders um, and <laughs> Uh, he said, so he, he arrived to Scotland to um, the lair of Ben and Donner. So uh, Finn realizes that he had underestimated the size of Ben and Donner and that Ben and Donner actually was a giant, even for a giant, he was a giant of a man anyway, right? 
so that brute force wouldn't work on him. So Finn himself decided to return to Ireland via the giant causeway from uh, from Ireland to Scotland. Um, so uh, actually what comes along here is that Finn's wife, Sive, is actually the hero of this story. So Finn McCool um, comes back and he, he, he hides away and he's like, shit, what am I going to do now about this? Ben and Don are coming over. He's going to absolutely wreck me, right? So what Sive does is that she wraps Finn up in um in some clothing and um kind of cuddles him up. So Ben and Don are uh, marches across this giant causeway that has been there and comes over to Ireland, and he comes and he sees Sive on um, the headland of the giant's causeway, and he goes there and he sees Sive, and Sive is swaddling or holding uh, Finn McCool um, disguised as a baby in her arms. So then re- so then, looking at Finn McCool in her arms, he thinks that this is Finn McCool's baby. And the size of this baby, he goes, Jesus, if that's the baby, what size is the father? So he thinks that he's absolutely huge. And he hurries off, returns back to, to Scotland. And as he goes home, he frantically tears away bits of the of the causeway and he severs all ties between Scotland and Ireland. Um and, and Finn McCool um lives to fight another day. But um yeah, that's the story of how those um bowlers and, and the shapes of um of the Giants Causeway uh, were formed is through that uh, mythological story. And I just thought like, I went to um, the, I went to the Giants Causeway for the first time this summer um, with Kira, and I was absolutely blown away by like the basalt rock and uh, the formation of it. And just like, how cool it is. Like you never see that anywhere else in the world. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Um, and I thought like, having that mythology linked with it and it's it's so uniquely irish and it's just i I think it's like it's probably one of my favorite um myths about ireland as well like you know um there's but like he's he's renowned in mythology for that kind of crack like you know i think mm -hmm. when when loch nay he picked up a heap of a clump of ireland and fucked it at his friend or some fella he was having around with missed and that's how the Isle of Man was formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Like, I, I, I love it. Like, I love, I love these like little stories that um, that you have. And I actually are forgetting a bit into like um, Greek mythology and stuff there now um, as well. And like, just the stories that like people created over the years in order to like, uh, in order to. Um, understand for themselves at the time before science or anything like that came into fruition like of like how these things were formed and stuff is absolutely incredible and like how a lot of the especially like i say in greek mythology and stuff how a lot of the words and stuff that we use now still stem from like those beliefs that people have like say like the greek god of like mother earth which is like gaia which was like uh, shortened to like GE, um, which like forms like geology and like geography and stuff like that for us. Like I think I think it's like it, it's 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 incredible like how those like myths that like we kind of like uh, laugh off a bit now as like stories and stuff like that actually have like formed a foundation for a lot of like uh, our 
not our beliefs, but like for a lot of our like nomenclature and stuff like that, like you know, nomenclature. Yeah, Ooh. I know. That's that's uh, that's five cans in. That's where that word that's where that word comes out of. You went straight back to college. Um, mm. Brilliant. That was that was really good. I really enjoyed that now. Yeah, but if you're cool and. Um, like just one of the one of the fellas that like you learn about in school. I said I'm saying it again. I've said it once before on this podcast. I've said it on this podcast right now. But Disney, you need to pick this up. You need to pick up these. I, like, well, you wished, right? What we need to do is write a screenplay of this nonsense, <laughs> send it to Disney, and we need to rake in that money. Then, uh, any listeners, copyright snuck past that. Um, so I will. I crack on. Yeah, what what's your um third third can of the night and third county of the night? So the thirtieth county of the pandemic is Ross Common. Oh, uh, so actually a bordering county with Fermanagh, my previous county, uh, and I've got the Black Donkey Brewery. Um, the Black uh, Donkey. The Black Donkey. Who's <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Black Donkey Brewing the bucket? Amber Ale, uh, a lovely malty ale. Jesus, it's really nice. It's, they describe it themselves as a, a hybrid ale, and I can see where they're coming from. Uh, it's got that lovely maltiness of uh, of a red ale, but it's also got that kind of um, uh, it's it's got that red brown ale maltiness, but it's also got just a little bit of hopped kind of and a lovely bit of bitterness to it as well. Uh, delicious beer to drink. Um, bucket. I was telling you off here actually it reminded me all I can think about when I'm talking about this beer is uh, in, in the US office when your man David um, comes up with that that invention to suck it for cleaning up children's oh, yeah, bodies, yeah. You know. big on your toys and you suck it <laughs> it's just, it's like, I can't get away from it like it's just it's there at the forefront of my mind no matter what I do but an amber ale like like I've I the, the privilege of this series has been to drink you know, we, we drink a lot of IPAs and New England IPAs and uh, juicy pale ales, super session pale ales and adjourned the summer. And then we we were into stouts and porters in the winter and we highlight an awful lot of them. But we, we like, you know, we tipple into red ales the odd time. But, you know, we've had a golden ale in, in Candemic Series 1. I, I The first beer that I drank on this ser- mini series was a golden ale. And now I'm talking about amber ales. So, you know, just a variety again of, of the different types of drinks. And at 4.8%, like, it's super drinkable. And it's, it's I said it to you own when I was drinking it at the time. Was a, It's something that you would absolutely adore. It's this lovely, malty, sweet, toffee-like ale. Um, but this lovely, like, bitter, little dry finish and uh i really i really fucking enjoyed it um and black donkey again a top-notch brewery that we don't see on draft in waterford or Kilkenny. so we don't down here in the southeast we don't get to experience this brewery that much but again thanks to the guys in beer cloud and crack community crack, crack beer community uh we've had black donkey beers and because of beer cloud we can order them straight to our door so uh, i would highly recommend um, people listening to this get onto Beer Cloud and uh, order a couple of Black Donkey beers because it's, it's it was delicious. It was really really nice. I, I thoroughly enjoyed drinking it. Yeah, I'd I'd love to um I'd love to taste some of these uh, beers like on draft, you know, on in the way that they were uh, probably initially meant to be brewed. Like I I definitely think that there's some of them that um have been released that have been like this is 
um you know meant to be or this can be canned and like you know this like this beer will thrive as a as a canned beer or whatever but then there is some of them that are like need that uh just freshness or something out of out of a keg as well like that the can doesn't do justice like or it doesn't do as good a justice i suppose as uh, as the canning like you know and and definitely like i'd love to i'd love to just just i don't know just a little place now that i just do a random tap every now and again like i know there is uh there is bars down down in waterford anyway that that definitely do do that and they do give their fair share um when they can um but maybe i'm just maybe i just want the covid to go away maybe that's maybe that's what i'm just pointing from there like (laughs) Hit me with the vaccine. <laughs> you're pointing for a point, is what you're pointing for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But like, I was like, you know, I was there. I was like, this, there's this brilliant brewery in County West Common. I was like, right, I need to call and fucking research West Common now. The only thing that I could think of in West Common was Moonboy, the the the, the series that um, Colin Modell did on his childhood, basically. Like a satirical. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. On his childhood and and uh, in in Boyle County Roscommon, I was like, oh, that's the only thing that comes to mind. So I was like, right, I need to look up Roscommon because I can't just talk about Mumbai for five minutes. Like, I I, I would listen to that. I would. That's. I mean, look. God. Yeah. Here, like, here, what's your favorite? What's your favorite mo- moment in Mumbai? I'll tell you mine. Right. Uh, my my one is um, the episode where <laughs> where um um what's uh, what's the son's name. Uh, Con- Connor, is that? no, yeah, I think so. I'm terrible with names, but yeah. But anyway, the, obviously, the main character in Moonboy, uh, where um, he uh makes up, um, but like he has that kind of like childlike um belief in things where like you kind of sell you know, you tell yourself a lie and then you end up believing it, but he ends up uh, he ends up saying that like aliens have landed in uh, Moon. And uh, that, like, you know, RT News and stuff, like, gets on board, um, and like, it becomes, it becomes, it's actually, it's actually a brilliant episode because it shows like the power of uh, like kids' imagination, first of all, but then it shows how much that uh, parents will go to defend their kids as well, like, you know. So. Like obviously throughout the whole episode, the father is there and he's just like, oh, will you ever stop? Like what what are you on about? Like, you know, will you ever, you know, will you ever give over with the fucking alien? You're making up shit about aliens now, like, oh, whatever, right? Uh, and uh, you know, the the son is there and he, you know, no, they're there, they're you know, the David's here. And anyway, it becomes such a thing then that RT News get involved <laughs> and they they go to interview um the son Connor and he's there and he kind of freezes up a little bit on on RT news because I'd say it comes to the realization that it's a, a, it's a lie the whole thing is a bit of a lie uh so then uh <laughs> the RT news obviously pan to the father and go uh and uh do you know did you did you meet the aliens and the father there like just staunchly wanting to you know, not not make his son seem like a fool. He defends his son, and he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I met the alien. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what were the aliens like? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, they were sound. Yeah, <laughs> so good. 
Oh, like oh, it's fucking, it's a fucking genius, like, and it's it's not um, it's not um, Father Ted esqueness about it as well, isn't it? Like six I, I, episodes a season, three seasons, like I think it's genius, Dunzo, like you know, fucking beautiful. I think I think it's one of the it's it's incredibly underrated. I think like top notch piece of work. And to be honest with you, like it really reminded me of myself when I was that age because I was pure like fucking. Yeah, I remember it. So I remember friends and that kind of nonsense, like. I remember when I was in primary school, I uh, told a load of lads, uh, uh, the whole class actually, that I had won the lotto. And and I I had told them so much that I had won the lotto that I believed I won the lotto. And then uh, like I was just like, wait, wait, why are we still in this house? What's going on? Like I'm not like and I was like <laughs> my own head. I was just like, uh, like what what's going on here? Like this like we should be living in a mansion. And then I think it was like. Uh, I may maybe about like two or three days later where I had to like cop myself on. I was just like, hold on now. You you're just after making this up, like, you know, like this realization of like you've been an absolute fool, like in front of everyone. And then but sure, the great thing about being that young as well is that everybody forgets like the next day what has happened, you know. But I think part only- of that is is like everyone is like that when they're that age. Yeah. But like yeah. everyone's like, oh, Tab said he won the lotto and he didn't. But then two days later, someone else is going to say that their old lad's an astronaut and he's a plumber down in fucking... Down exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. Like, like the news cycle goes on pretty quickly when you're a kid. Yeah, especially that primary school age as well. There's yeah. like, there's no like hanging on. Like nobody remembers anything. Like, you know, it's just, it's just day in, day out kind of shite. Like, isn't it? Yeah, like you just really won't care, do you? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. So good. Um, but I was like, right, what do I... I was like, fight, I can't talk about Moonboy. And clearly I could have actually when I know <laughs> I know, sorry. Um, I was like, right. But there was um I was like, I'll look up and I'll see. And uh, again, everything goes back to this folklore. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh but in Ross Common, there's Rat Crowan, which was actually the old where where it's allegedly is the old seat of Queen Maeve. Um an, an absolute legendary uh, character in Irish mythology um, and someone who our friend Kira Kenny um, is, has has done brilliant uh, drawings of um, she's done representations of Queen Maeve uh, and I actually bought one of her prints so on Kira's um, on Kira's website you can go and, and, and buy prints and get them delivered and, and it actually coming up to Christmas would be a great idea for especially for like you know some, some good if you've got like a a friend or a close friend of the family or your wife or, or your girlfriend or whatever uh, is a feminist like she's got some brilliant artwork but um queen Maeve was the queen of connacht and ulster um in irish mythology and um she was just this really cool character um took no shit uh and uh she was a warrior queen so again like coming back to grania way like we irish irish um ireland for what is has been recently like a real conservative kind of country uh, in the last century like the mythology of Ireland is very progressive and like oh really there's some really strong female uh, warriors in that um, but uh, she she's um, there's kind of like this mixed identity of whether Ma- Queen Maeve and um, Maeve the goddess uh, the, the sovereignty goddess of Tara could also be um, linked to the Morrigan because the Morrigan and some of our foreign listeners might be familiar with the Morrigan 
but uh, the Morrigan is the Irish goddess of war, um, of war, fertility, birth and death. And uh, the Morrigan is reputedly the guardian of uh, the gates to the, the um, other world at Onaget uh, uh, in Roscommon. So Roscommon has both the seat of Queen Maeve and the home of the Morrigan. So there, what, there's this like theory that maybe it's the one, the one mythical uh, being. But the thing that's cool about this is the gates um, uh, at, at uh, Onagot uh, were the gates of the, um, the, the other world are. Uh, that's the origin of the story of Halloween, the true origin. Oh, cool. Because every Samhain, which is a pagan festival, festival the pagan festival of festival of Samhain, which, <laughs> yeah, I it's can't, like a festive testicle. I can't speak anymore. Wait till we get on to County Monaghan. That's the reason I can't speak. But the, the pagan festival of Samhain, uh, which is the precursor for modern day Halloween, which we spoke about a couple, she's uh, a month ago now, I suppose, um, is basically there was this ancient belief that the Morrigan, the, the guardian of the gates to the other world, left the gates unguarded at the festival of Samhain and that's how it all began like this that's how all the saints eve which like evolved into halloween and modern folklore evolved from these mythical stories that started 2000 years ago in county roscommon that's quality like i absolutely love that like i love um uh i i, I love the irish connection with Halloween like I love I love sound I love like I love all of that kind of like pagan ritualistic kind of thing um and uh yeah I'd love um like I think the 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 main thing about it as well is like that kind of like pagan kind of ritual thing is for me anyway it is definitely like that kind of like quintessential halloweeny vibe whereas i think like a lot of things with like halloween now have kind of gone a little bit like kitschy a little bit like cheap you know kind of um i don't know a little bit a little bit hollywood kind of about the whole thing whereas like i love that like you know that kind of like ties back to those like ancient kind of like um like the I don't know ancient kind of stories that like maybe like witches and stuff like that would have been based off as well like you know it's it, you know it's 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 a it's a great story it's a great um it's a great link and yeah really really good story I like it I like it man yeah but it's just the kind of thing like that the Morrigan is supposed to live in this like little cave that has the gate to the underworld and it's this actual cave that's common mm. and it's like you know when you think about the story the witches are uh, the representation of witches in um, do you know that flashback scene in um, Hocus Pocus? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and they're up in a cave and stuff, and you're like, you know, all this has to be ideologically come back to the story of the Morrigan, which is an Irish folklore mythology story from thousands of years ago, mm. based on this cave in County Common. And I just think that's really, really cool. Like, um, and I love the way that that this like that I've come across this information by drinking a fucking amber ale from Black Donkey. I know, you know that, like, it's just that's the beauty of this fucking series, isn't it? Like, I know it's absolutely like I've learned so many stupid, stupid facts about counties and stuff. Like, and it's it's been amazing. I, I love this. Um, so, uh, to tip on from there, 
we're going to go to the second, the penultimate can of um, the Candemic series. I'm getting a little bit... Um, Hold on a second, right? Because I know what's coming here. So do you want me to go again for this one? Do you want to finish on your can? I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll go for you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, we call this the penultimate can because I think... I think people understand when we get to the last one why, why I've, I've intervened there. Um, so two counties left, Monaghan and Tyrone, uh, both mm. in Ulster, one in the Republic of Ireland, one in Northern Ireland. And I got, I've County Monaghan. Um, and I went with the Brehan Brew House in County Monaghan, uh, the only brewery that I'm aware of. That's, that's a cool label. That's so, like, it's, it's proper just like, like we'll throw on whatever font we can find just onto the front of this like and yeah. put a put a, a lovely kind of um solid wrap uh like two-tone wrap on it that's it's yeah. really cool like yeah Irish beer crafted by hand um and i think i think actually like in the early days of the podcast definitely we've had but whether or not we recorded with it, definitely back in the time when we were starting the podcast off in Phil Grimes, there was a keg of Brehan Blonde. Mm, there was, yeah. Drank, and we drank from it, um, which was really, really good. And like, I kind of just had in my head that Brehan, Brehan Blonde was a really nice beer. And um, so I was like, right, Brehan, like Brehan Blonde. But I was like, fuck it, like this time of the year, I'm going to get uh, something different. So I got the Brehan uh, Shanko Dove Porter now 7.7% and like you feel every fucking percent. You, feel, you feel every percent of it you know mm. uh, this beer is a heavy hitter um, it's a porter but it's not like it, it doesn't feel like a traditional porter whatsoever because it's got these like heavy licorice kind of notes I don't know how to explain it it's a, it's a really interesting tasting beer it's a really nice beer to taste. But this 500ml bottle, I find it a challenging beer to drink. And I think the reason I found it challenging is because it was the fourth beer of the four that I was drinking that I drank. Mm-hmm. So I was after a Tropical Pale Ale, uh, 8.2% Saison and an Amber Ale when I started it. And I think if it was the first drink I was having, it would be a lovely one or two drink or drink I think it would be absolutely knockout for that because it's got this lovely it's like dark chocolatey bittery notes but also that sweet licorice kind of thing like the smell is real kind of licorice that like almost petrol like licorice kind of smell you know um, a really interesting drink and, and again, a brewery that has a couple of beers up on the, uh, I got this off Brew, Brew uh, Beer Cloud again. Uh, so really, 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 really good website. Uh, highly recommend just going on and flicking through different breweries. And I would recommend, you know, if you're stuck for uh, something to buy someone for, for Christmas, going on to Beer Cloud and picking out a few random beers and uh, you can get it delivered to the door if you have their air code. So I, I would be all for... Um, going on to Beer Cloud and trying a few of these new beers. Um, but for me, a really, really nice beer. Top 100%. Nine. Wow. Yeah. It sounds uh, it sounds really nice. And uh, yeah, just to heart home as well, like that, um, the whole kind of discoverability about this thing. And 
being able to kind of like pick and choose on like these websites and stuff and even just going to like what I've definitely found as well going to like just local offies and just like just picking and choosing just random things of like oh what's what's new like and the stuff that will surprise you for three euro fifty is insane like you know yeah and um, not choosing not choosing the safe option as well which is what we've exactly yeah yeah as in yeah you could be um you could be picking um ipas till the cows come home like you know but um it is it is choosing that brown ale or like choosing like an unfiltered lager or or something like that that is just um uh yeah just it's definitely opened our eyes or or a black lager or something like that like you know um but anyway um that's the beer what's the story so County Monaghan, right? I was stretching for this, and I actually have a few friends in Monaghan, and I text them, being like, "Give me some random facts about Monaghan," but they didn't get back to me in time. So fuck. Um, <laughs> but um, you have no friends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I was like, I did a bit of research, and I found one really, really random fact about Monaghan. Yes, Monaghan is the main source of egg supplies in the Republic of Ireland. What? Yeah, main source of egg egg supplies. Eggs. How how many? How many eggs? I don't know the figures, but that's the fact. Um, But I digged a bit deeper. Don't worry, I'm not going to leave it on that. Um, In true Snowcast fashion, I went rambling and raving. um, And I found two incredibly... Uh, two characters who 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 do not, two characters from County Monaghan who are at opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the way they see saw the world. So there was two guys born in in County Monaghan who I want to speak about quickly. First guy is a guy called Ono Duffy, um, and you actually paraphrased the song "Viva la Quinta Brigada" earlier, mm. and uh, part of that um, part of that song is. Um, is is um, uh, is is about uh, Owen O'Duffy, who was the Irish commander of the Blue Shirts, who founded the Blue Shirts, and they were fascists in Ireland back in the Spanish Civil War, and if uh, went to Spain to fight under the swastika uh, for Franco. So there were like so there was this big massive. There's this history of fascism in Ireland. Uh, that is, is you know, something that we need to acknowledge and be, like, fucking upfront about. And uh, Owen Duffy, who, like, the thing is, right, we think about Owen Duffy and say, oh, there was this fascist, fascist guy and, you know, this wave in, in Europe, blah, blah, blah. But he actually went on to become, I think, the first, um, the, the, he, he founded on Garda Khan an Irish police force. Mm. And he was the first leader of Fine Gael, the current, uh, or the the... the political party who was in Irish government for the last 10 years so like it's really interesting he's a really significant figure in um in Irish history like a Nazi sympathizer uh, a fascist and was central to to, to the, these really things on the opposite end of the spectrum right there was this guy from County Monaghan whose name was John McKenna and who he died known as Juan McKenna go on because <laughs> a guy from County Monaghan was the co-liberator of Chile in South America. Oh, so, oh, fuck! Uh, actually, yeah, 
Um, so, so yeah, go on. Sorry, yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. It was there was this guy. Um, he was he was born into a well-to-do family in County Monaghan, and he went off to study with his uncle. His uncle um, brought him to study in Barcelona in Spain. And he did his studies in Spain and Barcelona, and then he became a member of the Spanish Imperial Army. And he got, he was stationed in North, in North Africa and other places. And he ended up in South America. And he fell in love with a Chilean woman, married her, and her, uh, all her family were revolutionaries. And he eventually, he eventually like became part of the revolutionary cause. Uh, and he was, the, he was the guy who established the Chilean army. So we have the guy who established the police force in Ireland on Garda Síochána was from Monaghan. And the guy who founded the Chilean army was also from Monaghan. And what's his name? Juan McKenna. Juan McKenna. That is unbelievable. I'm so, fucking proud of that one now. Um, th- that's class. Actually, so... Um, just, uh, just um, <laughs> to just harp or to jump on this... Um, Chilean train right <laughs> is that um when I was over in Chile and um and a lot of the, like South American countries right so um uh you'd have like around uh like in, in a lot of the countries you'd have like um Bolivar Square right or whatever or yeah. um so or Bolivia is named after um this Bolivar fella yeah. who Simon Bolivar. Exactly, right? And you'd have him um, like around and named in a lot of places. But what you also had in a lot of places and that I was going around was you'd have an O'Higgins mm. square, right? And I was there going, what the fuck is this like, right? You'd be there in the middle of, um, of you'd be in the middle of um, Santiago in Chile or somewhere, right? And you'd be like, what? the fuck is this O'Higgin Square or O'Higgins or Via O'Higgins or whatever right so anyway this Bernardo O'Higgins Raquelme is like an absolute hero in the South American um, in in South American uh, freedom from the Spanish and like that they like basically um, himself and Bolivar um, freed like a lot of the South American countries from um, Spanish like acquisition. Like <laughs> I know it's just I'm just jumping in on it here now, but like I, I, I when I was traveling, I was like, this is insane. <laughs> like a lad called O'Higgins, like <laughs> just like freeing South America and like all these streets and stuff named after him. Like it's it's gas altogether. Uh, actually, Jesus. One of the one of my Monaghan links has come through there with a couple of no, they're they're, they're not the the facts aren't mentioning this this one McKenna and O'Higgins chat is is great. It was actually a member of the O'Higgins family that asked Juan McKenna to establish the Chilean army and become oh, the first okay. like minister for defense. So it was basically like a hip of of Irish Spanish uh, Irish Latino lads who uh, who helped with that revolution. Um, which which is really really cool because um, when you think about it, like when that was that was pre the Irish Revolution as well, wasn't it? Like yeah yeah yeah, was, yeah and and there's isn't there is it Colombia that there is an O'Higgins football team? 
I'd say yeah, I'd say there could be. I, I can't I can't tell you that, but yeah, uh, like I I know like throughout a lot of those um like Ecuador, Bolivia, Colombia, um Peru, uh, Chile. Uh, there's yeah there's um a, a huge amount of like those O'Higgins squares and stuff yeah. like that so and, yeah yeah and on Netflix there's an incredible uh, uh documentary series oh, well not it's not documentary there's an incredible an incredible dramatized series called Bolivar which is in Spanish language which t- documents like Simon Bolivar and his life and Dr O'Higgins uh, who was one of the who was like Dozo Higgins' father, I think, um, that we're talking about. Who um, and it's all in the Spanish language. And you know the way like um, Latino soap operas and stuff have this like ridiculous um, drama, drama to them. reputation for being overly dramatic and yeah, and that. like it's all of that. Like it's, oh, so, exa- it's so good. Like myself and he have watched it at the start of the lockdown. We started watching it. Um, and like it takes about three series to even like get to the point where Simon Bolivar is talking about independence and stuff like it's so like uh, dragged out but it's it's top top notch like it's so good and um, I would highly recommend it to anyone who is sick of everything on Netflix etc that's County Monaghan they look they they had they, they invented Irish fascism, but they also liberated Chile. So, like, uh, like, like all of us, there's, there's, there's good and bad to them. <laughs> yeah, a great bunch of lads. Yeah. Um, so, um, we're at, we're here, we're here. The last can. My God, thirty-two counties, thirty-two cans, thirty-two stories. Um, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm welling up, but. We've had a little uh, hiccup with our final county and our last county, as DJ alluded to there, is County Tyrone. And DJ researched long and hard to try and get a brewery from County Tyrone. Um, we asked we asked all of you, and in fairness, you came back with stuff for every other county. Um, like we like we like the Arma um the Arma and uh Fermanagh that obviously didn't arrive tonight but um was provided to us by Snowcast listeners um and our Northern Ireland uh off license as well was uh provided by E as well so it was that was absolutely fantastic um to get those but County Tyrone we could not get a can so it was uh 30, uh, I think 30 counties, isn't it, DJ, really officially? Because Cavan, we had Bally Kill Cavan. Yeah, and I suppose, look, I, I carry brewery, merge of brew. Like, I suppose that the, the semantic people could argue that it isn't, it is ultimately a mead. It's not, um, yeah, yeah. But look, we yeah, said, fuck we, said we already it. put in an addendum of fuck them in the, in yeah, the I mean, I mean to be honest with you, we did our best. But yeah. Yeah, the, the two counties that we, we couldn't fund, fund. A, yeah. a genuine 
and a, a genuine connection too. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I mean, Ballykilcavan, I think, was just purely like messing. Girls, like, <laughs> yeah, it was week one. We didn't even bother trying. I mean, that, was, that was laziness. And actually, I told you, like, I actually found a, 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 a cider um, producer from Cavan there last week. I was like, actually, yeah, a, a guy's, uh, there's a Scots um, cider from, from Cavan that I think you can get on Beer Cloud. Uh, okay 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 so yeah so, so so in fairness like just to give them the shout out because we used ballet click having well look we tried our best we tried our best hey, and we I did th- i think I i'm think, proud i'm proud of us i think it's heroic what we achieved here to be honest with you i think listen i think we should be up for knighthoods like we would reject them and tell t- tell them all to fuck off but like we should be up for <laughs> oh, are you going to are you going to um bob gell off it are you did he say no to it did he no, he said yeah to it. No, I'm going to do. I'm going to do the opposite. Who, uh, who said no to it again? I don't know. I I'll say no to it anyway. Liam Neeson. I'm just going to say his name. I'm going to Liam Neeson it and say no. Um, but uh, to uh, round off the thirty-two counties, um, we decided. <laughs> that we weren't going to feature an Irish brewery at all uh, to represent Tyrone, that we would represent a county uh, or we would represent a brewery um, that has links to the Snugcast and actually ended up having this kind of weird connection to Tyrone. So what I am drinking as my 32nd can um, and county is um, Left Hand Brewing Company's Milk Stout Nitro um, from Left Hand Brewing Company um, from Colorado, <laughs> from Denver, Colorado in the USA. Denver, Colorado, County Tyrone. <laughs> and the reason um, we decided to go for this is uh, twofold, right? So firstly, um, Left Hand Brewing Company, this, actually this nitro beer is the logo of the Snowcast. And um, so if, you're, uh, if you look at the Snowcast logo, it's two points of um, nitro uh, brewing company, uh, Left Hand Brewing Company, uh, cheersing um, with the with the snowcast font and stuff on it, and they were very good to us at the very start. I don't know, actually, don't really know how, but we ended up getting like uh, promo images from them and asked them could we use it further for for our podcast, and they said no hassle at all. Um, so I actually know the story inside out because I think, I think you sent the email to them, but yeah, basically what happened was we were setting up the podcast and. We needed a photo. Basically, we needed logo, and we we like literally took a picture of a white gypsy pint ourselves and did like an amateur one. Oh like, yeah, no, oh, we needed, mock. We need, um, well, like you know, actually, I think it wasn't bad for a pure amateur attempt. Yeah, we were like, we need an official proper logo, and we went to Phil Grimes one night with Simon Cahoon, who has been on Manny's a uh, snowcast, and. Uh, Basically, I think Simon went up to the bar and came back with three pints of this stuff. And we were like, uh, <laughs> what's this? We were like, oh, what's this? This is incredible. And he was like, oh, it's left-hand nitro that they have up in the bar there on top. And we literally went up and we're like, what the fuck is this? Like, is the, like as far as I'm concerned, it's nicer than Guinness Murphy's or, or Beamish. Like, you know, it was like, oh my God, I've never, 
I've never, it was an eye opener for me. And I was like, I need to drink more independent beer. And like at the start of the podcast, like we weren't craft beer connoisseurs or like trying to promote craft beer at all. Like it was just, it just kind of evolved that way. And I think like left hand nitro stout was a real like light bulb moment for us. And as we were getting the podcast off the ground and up and running. So to have it as the last drink of the series is is really, really, I think, um, proper. But as well as that, like we have made a distinctive link between left hand nitro or left hand brewing in Colorado and uh, County Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, no, it, yeah, it um, it is great to have um, the left hand nitro as our as our final can, and uh, we've actually gotten a bit of guff uh, before on. Um, <laughs> I think on our Reddit page uh, for the people have been like, who's this Irish uh, beer podcast uh, that have an American company as their, our American brewery as their logo. But like, we've never, uh, we've never quoted ourselves as being um, a beer podcast where uh, we've, we've always just saying we've been like a, a chat podcast. Um, but Anyway, uh, so the link between uh, between this company and uh, Tyrone is that the logo is actually a red hand, which ties into the red hand of Ulster. Um, so, like, um, I thought it was pretty interesting. And actually, I, I probably should have done a bit of research as to why uh, Left Hand Brewing Company have uh, the red hand as their logo. Um, but yeah, like, what, what, what did you make of that? Like, oh, like, have you have you heard anything about that? Like, why why um, uh, why left hand has uh, has that as their logo? Um, so I think like I, I I remember from from like looking up their website to talk about like oh it's like a hands on approach and stuff like stuff like that. But oh, I'm, I'm like I'm not sure why it's a red hand. Um, yeah, I, I suppose like it, it definitely like um it definitely stands out with the kind of like black hands and the kind of white logo and the white font and stuff like that. Like it definitely um it definitely stands out as that, like you know. Um yeah, I, I like like I think um I think the thing there is like you know it's it stands out because you know obviously in Ireland it stands out because like it, it is very similar to the Tyrone flag, for example. Um, and even like one of the Irish revolutionaries, we talk about like Juan McKenna as a Chilean revolutionary in the O'Higgins is mm. there, like one of the like two of the Irish, two of the Irish revolutionaries, the Pierce brothers, Parik Pierce and William Pierce. And Parik was a signatory of the Declaration of Independence here in Ireland, the Proclamation of Independence, I should say. Um like those guys adopted a symbol of um of the red hand of Ulster as their like emblem as well and I suppose that's why it stands out in Ireland because the red hand is a very significant symbol in Ireland purely from the point of view that like when Ireland gained independence in 1921 um and over the following 16 years until Ireland officially became a republic in 1937 um there was this, like, obviously, as we've joked about Michael Collins signing the treaty uh, uh, to, to, to have 26 counties of Ireland 
independent and then the partition basically of six counties of Ireland. The Red Hand of Ulster, which is nine counties, is a, this, this, this very significant symbol in Irish history, purely from the point of view that you know, a lot of places would like, for example, GA teams, hurling and Gaelic football teams, to link it back to, we were talking about hurling match earlier on in the, the episode. A lot of GA teams, there's a couple of GA teams that are called Nepirsig, which means the Pierces, and obviously Pardick and William Pierce, as I said, adopted the Red Hand of Ulster as their emblem. Um, and the Pierces GA teams have they don't have the full hand. They have the four fingers without the thumb. And the theory behind that is the thumb is the six counties of Ireland that are not yet independent from the United Kingdom. Oh, so it has this massive, significant, symbolic uh, status in Ireland. Even with people who don't know the nuances of it, it still stands out because obviously the Red Hand of Ulster is synonymous with Tyrone, for example. And Tyrone have been very good getting football team in the last number of years. So even the disengaged person will come across the Red Hand of Ulster an awful lot. Um, and the Red Hand of Ulster is really, is, is, is like completely intertwined with Tyrone. And this is why we chose Left Hand Brewing because we were like, how can we make the link? And the, le- and the Red Hand of Ulster is incredibly synonymous with Tyrone because it does represent the entirety of Ulster. But Tyrone, Tyrone is anglicized from Tyrone, which means Owen's country. And it was Owen O'Neill who was the high king of, he was definitely the, the, the king of Ulster at the time. And I think he was high king of Ireland at one point um, from the O'Neill's clans back in ancient Ireland. And when they fought the Nine Years' War against English rule in, in, in Ireland back in the 16th century, they flew a banner which was a red hand uh, during that war. So that's, I think, like, the, the, the red hand symbol goes back further than that. Yeah. It was yeah. adopted by the, the O'Neills in that war in the 16th century, and it has been a symbol of Tyrone from then on, and then simply because Left Hand Brewing Company have a red hand as their symbol, we can make a, a link that we're not we're not saying that Left Hand Brewing in Colorado are a bunch of... Uh, O'Neill's. Uh, yeah, a bunch of O'Neill's, uh, a, a bunch of O'Neill descendants who are socialist Republicans. But what we can say is that they have uh, mirroring sy- sy- symbols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was looking up just a small bit about the Red Hand Monster and basically uh, Jeremy Macon Ford uh, claimed that Connell Carnock or uh, uh, that's a uh, um, that's a um, a tie back to a previous uh, pandemic where we were talking about Tier Connell and um, so that uh, he put his bloodied hand on a banner as he avenged the death of Coo Cullen and, um, and it has belonged to the descendants of Connell ever since then. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where they say that the original kind of red hand um, symbol um, originated from was from that like bloody print from the avenging of the death of Cucullin. Like, um, so yeah, I thought that was very interesting. But that's not my that's that's not my story about Tyrone. That's ridiculous. There's no way I I just have a story about the red hand of Ulster. You thought it wouldn't go away, but the Ulster Fry is back. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we, we had to have it for the very final one. It had to be done. The Ulster Fry. So um, I'm just going to give you a few kind of quick ones here. So um, 
Tyrone is the only Northern Irish county visible from space. And um, so <laughs> it's so big that you could fit Australia, the USA and Wales inside its borders and still have a bit of room for some sheep. Um, despite this, it has the lowest number of people compared to the other five counties. Tyrone is the only known county in Northern Ireland that has more sheep than people with an incredible 3.4 million sheep, but only 14 people. <laughs> so like... It's the New Zealand of Ireland. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Tyrone is home to one of the world's most famous crystal glass manufacturers. In 1843, Dungannon man, Billy Crystal, discovered that most couples wanted ornate glassware as a wedding present from elderly relatives and opened a factory producing it in his shed. 150 years later, that same factory is still running and it is called Waterford Crystal. <laughs> and the, f I, I know, hold on, I'll give you two more. Uh, uh, some of Northern Ireland's most famous people are from Tyrone. Uh, Philomena Begley, Hugo Duncan, Malachy Cush, Jedward, uh, <laughs> And that girl who got into a bit of bother in Peru <laughs> are all from Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> you read that just like a nan would say, like pure Irish nan there, like. Uh, and finally, tying it back to the very start of the show, uh, talking about GAA, Tyrone is the best county in Ulster at Gaelic football. They're so good at it that experts believe that even a team of Protestants from the county could, <laughs> could kick the arse of any other Ulster team. You say that now, but they were shite this year and their manager for the last 30 years just left them. Ah, yeah, that's quality. That's quality. It's a good story, though. It's a good story. Yeah. Um, ah, fuck. I'm so that that has been amazing. Like, I've been so happy. What a way to end it. Um, I love the way we started this off with like the Gael Tucked in Kerry was the, the start of the pandemic, and we've ended with a team of Protestants playing Gaelic football in Tyrone. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I, I've enjoyed it. I've I've enjoyed this like uh, journey of oh. discovery. Um, I've enjoyed every drink, every can. I've enjoyed every story about every county. And I can't believe that. Like, even people will say we blagged them. And, and, and we have, yeah, but sure. Look. Of course we have, but that's the nature of it. Yeah. Well, for me, we've, we've managed to somehow represent 32 counties in a month uh, and represent brewing in those counties in a month. Probably Tyrone, to be fair, and Cavan. But... Um, <laughs> But it's, I, I look, I'm so proud of what we've done here. Like, you know, it's been yeah. so much crack. For me, it's it's really invigorated the podcast as well because we were like sick of talking about pub watching, pint watching and and uh, the pandemic. So we flipped it on our head, called it a pandemic and we fucking gone and done it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, again, so grateful. Um, look, I suppose this week as well, um, we had the toy show, we had Waterford winning, um, but we also had um, Thanksgiving, so maybe we'll end this show on a few things that we've been thankful for for this series. Um, so, first of all, I want to say that I'm thankful uh, 
to Acast because they've um, they've allowed this podcast to be kind of spread to a wider audience. We've uh, uh, some of you might know that our podcast episodes in uh, their audio format as well have been published on YouTube as well. So we've um, we've been able to get um, a bit of a bigger audience as well with them, and we, like they just kind of pushed us out to a bigger audience in general. So. I'm actually quite thankful about um, our switch over to him. It's been pretty good. Um, secondly, um, I'd like to thank those uh, any of those YouTube viewers that have kind of um, viewed either the video episode of this or um, the audio episode of this. I like um, some of the comments and stuff that we've gotten on YouTube has been quite nice. Like, um, I think that's the thing about podcasts as well. Um, when it's on like uh, your podcast app or whatever, we don't really hear that much back because there's just not that facility to like comment underneath um, a, a podcast to be like, oh, you know, we're, 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 we think this is good, we think this is bad or whatever. So yeah, we've, we've really um, appreciated that kind of feedback and stuff. And the final thing I'm thankful about is um, some of the messages that we've gotten uh, throughout this pandemic series um, have been just really uplifting. And um, I would, if, if, if any of you want to, or if you have any bit of a need to contact us, where um, you can contact us on any of the social media platforms. Um, we're at Snowcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, whatever. And uh, you can also uh, write us an email, which a few of our listeners have done over the past series, which has been amazing. Like I've actually been like some of the some of the stuff that has been sent to us has been so uplifting. Um, and we're on. You can you can send us an email at the Snowcast. It's the one. It's the one thing that we haven't gotten Snowcast at, but it's the Snowcast at gmail.com. Um, so you can uh, send us an email there and yeah i've been uh, i've been blown away by those emails yeah i i, I completely echo everything you said there on like i can't um can't echo enough what you said to be honest with you because the the messages have been brilliant um of all the things that we've done and we've been doing we've we've been running this podcast for over two years now and nothing has had the reaction like the pandemic has had in terms of social media interaction, getting messages on uh, email, DMs on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, um, so some people shout out to David Gray. Um, I shout out to Wayne from the Irish Beer Snob uh, blog and podcast who, who really helped us fucking source those last few bottles and cans that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise and um, really put us on track with those and just like listeners helping out, listen, uh, reaching out, helping out, um, you know, and, and, and engaging with us because that's really important. And I want to say, like, you know, you talk about Thanksgiving, what are you thankful for? I want to say, just as we finish up the pandemic series, I'm thankful for the fact that, Owen, oh, you drove the switch to Acast, so opened up the podcast to bigger audiences and stuff like that. Uh, and you've carried all the heavy lifting for that, so fair play to you um, for for. for you know, working your socks off over the last few weeks and getting 
uh, carrying the burden of the editing and uh, like I've I, the pandemic series has been a, a joy for me because I've literally just shown up on a Friday night got pissed and I had a crack uh, I think we're recording this on a Saturday but like the other three have been a Friday night and we've had a blast doing it and I've, I've done nothing after it's gone out so like um, fair play to you um, I would say if you're enjoy if you'd enjoy this series you want to see more of this kind of thing uh, from the snowcast please just support us with the price of a cup of coffee or our price of a pint a month uh, that's all we're asking for on www.patreon.com for our snowcast and i will say this the last month has been the most i've enjoyed the podcast by a mile uh since the pubs have closed and it's been such such crack and it's just been the two of us which has been brilliant um and from next week on, we're going to have, we have a couple of guests lined up for next week and the week after, which would be great to get back into that kind of podcasting, which is is, is great crack. And we promise, yeah. we promise the episodes will not be an hour and a half to two yeah, hours. Yeah, an hour and a half to two hours long. But that being said, there will be good quality. And, uh, and you know what? You've all clearly enjoyed this type of format as well. So we're going to have a discussion. We're going to go back to the drawing board and see what we can do. Like, you know, I think there are so many good breweries in individual counties, like that there's no reason why we can't do a similar uh, a similar type podcast on individual counties, like the breweries that are in Cork alone, for example, uh, would deserve their own podcast. Uh, so we look into that kind of crack. But again, in order for all that to come to fruition, we need to, we need your support. Um, so please share share the podcast even if you just send the link to the podcast to a friend and say listen these gobshites talking be great uh, thanks a million and the pandemic has been so fucking good for me in terms of escapism I hope it's been the same for you the listener yeah yeah so uh, any party words CJ find cans go on to beer cloud go on to craft beer deliver go on to craft central find cans from counties you haven't experienced before and breweries you haven't experienced before and like order a couple of each and uh, while this whole lockdown this whole uh, pandemic continues just try and change your beer drinking experience open your horizons and have a different outlook on what you're trying to do with drinking beer so if you do get Otterbank Brewing so it begins 8.2% Saison like don't expect to drink 10 of them yeah yeah and even uh, maybe don't do what we did with just getting like random breweries all yeah. over the place. Uh, if you know if you're getting uh, four, uh, if you're getting four Kildare Brewing Company, get their four different styles because they're all an absolute pleasure and they're all different and they've put so much work into each of those brews. So uh, yeah, just go for it, go for it, go for it. Um, so yeah, uh, this has been the Candemic series. Uh, we've drank 32 counties. We've spoken about those 32 cans and yeah, God. Boy, we have literally drank Lock Air and Dry. <laughs> we have, yeah. That's, thanks a million. Good night. Safe traveling. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.